0: Talk to my daddy, and say He said you ain't said nothing till you're down on a muffin then you're sure to be a change in your ways I met a little who was a real young glitter All the times I can reminisce Well oh, the best thing loving with a sister and a cousin Only started with a little kiss like this Seesaw swinging with the boys in the school With your feet flying up in the air Hey diddle diddle with the kid in the middle You'd be swinging like a didn't kill So I took a big chance at the high school dance With a missy who was ready to play Was it me she was Cause she knew what she was doing That I know love was here to stay She told me to walk this way We are the ones who don't know what we're fighting for. Give us a gun and send us all off to war. From a badge, so they could send us to the moon.
1: Their quarterback can feel it and drop The views and opinions presented on the I'm No Joe channel belong solely to the person expressing them. no one else. If we say it, then we meant it. That being said, this show does contain adult themes, adult content, and general shit that you shouldn't be letting your kids intake. Be advised, viewer discretion is recommended. Proceed at your own risk. You've been warned. If it's Thursday, you're probably just as confused as us. What the fuck do UFC's been doing? Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, back to the I'm No Joe podcast, the show where every armchair quarterback can feel like an eddie bravo god damn has it been a hot fucking minute since we have had a regular fucking show i hope you all have missed this shit as much as we have god damn it we are back though and we are here on the glorious road to ufc 280 but before we get to that we've got all sorts of interesting shit going on this weekend and before we even get into that how the fuck are you gentlemen doing after this nice long break we've had
2: keep doing pretty good uh, got to see some live fights for the first time last weekend. That FAC sixteen card that was fucking awesome. So, Fuck yeah! So it's been good on my end. Hope everything's been good for you guys.
3: Oh well, yeah, I'm glad we're back. I'm not gonna lie, I almost forgot to fucking come on I Like after taking two weeks off, um, right. one due to weight cut issues, and then you know this whole fucking week previous off. I fucking damn near forgot
1: what fucking time we started. I tell you. But we are back. We are here in all our glory. Uh, the kid should be here any moment. I confirmed twice with him. He is in route, uh, should be here. So hopefully we still get to pull off our uh, pit Grand Prix semifinals round two at the uh, latter portion of the show. But before we get to that, I realize it has been a minute, but we did have a short, what did I say, short recap for the last fight card that was now almost a fucking month ago. So that is there if you guys did miss that. But that being said, we are going to start things off the way we like to around here with a little bit of news and recent events. Uh, now, it has been a couple of weeks since we've seen you guys, but I have tried to condense and crunch this all down as much as I could here. So I'm going to try and knock these out so we can kick right along here. First and foremost, a most pressing and news urgency, recent bias, I guess, would be uh, thrown into the mix here. Uh, we got confirmation this week that the Colorado State Athletic Commission denied Melvin Gallard a license to compete at BKFC 31 this weekend. Um I don't know that there was a whole lot of anticipation of seeing him realistically but it's just interesting to see that we are finally at a point now where even non-California athletic commissions are starting to actively pay attention to fighters and it is obvious if you've been paying any kind of attention that Melvin Gillard has been on a fucking horrible downward slide. I think he's uh, one and 13 in his last 14 fights and the one was an MMA fight on like a local scene before he started bouncing back and forth to bare knuckle and some weird fucking mixed martial arts rules and shit but he has just been losing left and right and it's as strange as it is to say I'm actually glad to see an athletic commission say no you fucking taken more than enough we're not going to send you back in there you want to do that find some other fucking state who doesn't give a shit but Colorado is not fucking having it so it's it's kind of a melancholy thing, but I, I think all in all, it is for the best that we are starting to actually see athletic commissions with the balls to make a statement like this. Because realistically, Melvin Gillard did not need to go out and get knocked the fuck out again like he probably would have this weekend. So it's kind of a, a rough pill to, to hand out, but at the same time, it's time to take the fucking medicine. So rough going for Melvin, but good on Colorado. I'll put it that way. Um, we've got a slew of fucking fight announcements. If you haven't guessed in the time off here, ironically enough, most of them confirmed or announced finalized, if you will, within the last couple of days here. So let's try and knock some of these out here. Uh, the first one, sometimes it's like they say the closed mouth, don't get fed. If you want something, you got to fucking speak up, whether you get it or not, at least you have said your fucking piece and made known what you are after. Sometimes you get exactly what you ask for too. Uh, Drakkar Close made a statement the last him excuse me the last time he went out and got a good win said that he wanted to fight Marco Madsen he wanted to give himself a shot against that Olympic caliber wrestling UFC seemed to think that's a pretty fucking good idea because October 29th the week after we get back from Abu Dhabi Marco Madsen versus Drakkar Close is officially signed sealed and delivered and we will see it this month so that I think is going to be a very interesting matchup here. Um, We got one that was originally scheduled for this coming weekend, has now been moved back to next month. Uh, Neil Magny versus Daniel Rodriguez has officially been moved to the November 5th car. Daniel Rodriguez had uh, a cut on his elbow that got seriously infected and pushed him back. And the day after they announced that he was going to have to pull out of the fight, Neil Magny had some sort of a minor injury that he was pulling out for as well. So the UFC just said, fuck it. We like the fight. We're just going to move it. They've thrown it over to the November 5th card. So we do still have Neil Magny versus D-Rod. Sucks that it had to go this way, but at least we still get that fight because I like that matchup a whole lot. Uh, As well on the November 5th card, one that we had heard rumors about, but we now officially have confirmed. Pen to paper has been set November 5th. We will also, beside that Neil Magny and D-Rod fight, get to see Josh Parisian step back in against the vanilla gorilla himself, Chase Sherman. Uh, both of those dudes really need a big win. And stylistically, it's actually a pretty goddamn good matchup as well. So while we're slap fight or not, that one needs to go down, and it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. Um, we got kind of a, a mixed bag announcement here. Uh, Last-minute addition, if you will, to UFC 281 going down at MSG November 12th. The official retirement fight for one Frankie Edgar- taking on chris gutierrez i don't think that's the fight that anybody really wanted to see frankie go out on at the same time it is a very winnable fight for him and it's in his backyard so the ufc didn't do him a whole lot of favors but they didn't fuck him nearly as bad as they tried to do with nate diaz either so it's going to be strange to see frankie finally hang him up but as as long as he's been around and as many fucking legendary wars as he's been in it's understandable so Kind of a, a bittersweet pill to swallow, but, you know, it's Frankie, so it's going to be a good fight either way. Um, We got kind of a, a turnaround piece of news here. We talked about it a little bit on the short Friday show that I did a couple weeks back, but we now have official confirmation Um, Aspen Ladd, after missing weight atrociously, has officially been released from the UFC and then turned around and got picked right the fuck up by the PFL to compete in their 145-pound division. And we got confirmation today that they have officially given her her first assignments. November 25th in the 145-pound ladies' division, Aspen Ladd will be taking on none other than ex-Bellator champion Julia Budd. They are definitely not doing Aspen any favors there. I mean, I'm glad that they're going to let her fight at 145, but Julia Budd is a fucking tough out for anybody whose name isn't Cyborg. So... It's going to be interesting to see how that one plays out. Best of luck. We'll fucking see. Oh, but then we move on to the UFC. What has now been confirmed as UFC Orlando taking place December 3rd. We got a small slew of fights announced for this one here. Uh, First and foremost, Yasmin Yuregui. uh, I kept wanting to fucking call her name Uruguay because that's what it's fucking phonetic- phonetically spelled like. Uh, we'll be taking on Estella Nunez, uh, both newer ladies to the organization. Both ladies with a lot of fucking potential here. So very interesting matchup to see there. Um, kind of a fell into place fight, if you will, here. Uh, we are now going to be seeing Brian Barbarina taking on Rafael Dos Anjos on that December 3rd Orlando card as well. That one was not originally booked, but kind of got thrown together when both of their previously scheduled opponents had fallen out. Um, We've got the co-main event officially set for UFC Orlando going down December 3rd in one tie to Ivasa versus sergey pavlovich that's going to be a very very interesting matchup here uh more of a test for sergey than i think for ty uh kind of a, a gimme a, a pitch a lob fight if you will for Tuivasa vasa coming off that last one we saw him out then uh, but then comes the biggest news for ufc orlando um, the main event slash unretirement announcement of one Kevin Big Mouth Holland versus Stephen Wonder Boy Thompson. Um, we also got the interview where Kevin Holland himself this week came out and confirmed that, As much as he was training and thought he was prepared, the way that Kamzat literally just ran through him put such a sour taste in his mouth that that is literally what caused him to retire. And he honestly had no intentions of coming back. And then the UFC said, well, since we kind of fucked you pretty bad there on the whole pay-per-view thing. We're going to give you what you ask for and give you a guy who's going to strike and has no intention to wrestle with you fucking ever. which is, ironically enough, exactly what Wonder Boy has been asking me for for, oh, about three fucking years now, so at least this one stylistically makes sense. And it seems like they are kind of giving Kevin Holland that we get it. We did you fucking dirty. Let's give you a little bit of something to keep you from really fucking blowing the situation up.
3: That's nice that they're doing it for him. And then immediately turn around and fucking wonder boy in the process. Who's been waiting in the wings for fucking ever. And yeah. no offense to Kevin Holland, but that is a step down in competition from where wonder boy should fucking be at. Cause he should be in that. Fucking fighting somebody in the top five, possibly top three, to get a chance at the fucking title. That's all I'm fucking saying. We've been bitching and complaining about that for like two years now.
1: And same shit, different day. Not fucking surprised at all. Yeah. Yeah, I can't say that it's shocking, but I will say, at least stylistically, that makes a lot more sense than the bullshit they've been proposing for either one of those two dudes for a while now. So. Not sure if I would necessarily have called that a, a great main event, but for a fight night, yeah, no, it, it it's going to do the job, damn sure. Especially with Tai Tuivas on that fucking co-main and some of the other fights that they've added to that undercard. I, I think Orlando might turn out all right. Um, that being said, the December third, excuse me, December seventeenth card, two weeks after that. Uh, we got a last-minute edition in the form of Cheyenne Bay/ slash Velismos, whatever fucking name she's going by this week, taking on Corey McKenna, who is on a fucking steamroll heading uphill these days. Very interesting to see how that one takes place. Um, then we got a little trio of announcements here for the UFC 282 card taking place December 10th. Um, the first one here Ronnie Lawrence stepping back in to take on Cameron Simon interesting matchup both younger dudes in the organization both getting their way back to things trying to make a fucking statement here so let's see how that one plays out we got uh, a kind of an interesting move here for both gentlemen involved um UFC 282 also has added to it one Alexander Gustafson stepping back into the cage taking on none other than oven Sate Pru and both of them this time taking it back to light heavyweight after both having made a foray into the heavyweight world so both of those dudes I think are, are very aptly uh a set of what we refer to a lot of times as tweeners where they're not quite genuine light heavyweights, but they're also not really big enough to compete with the guys that are genuine heavyweights either. This is another one of the situations where the UFC has literally put 60 fucking pounds difference in between two weight classes. And If ever there was a spot to add another fucking weight class, that would be the one, but UFC ain't going to do that. So at least I think with both of them going back to light heavyweight for this, I think it'll put them both on the best chance they've got to give us a good performance here. So I'm down with that as well. But the big one that we got confirmed this week for UFC 282 is one that we had heard some rumors murmuring around about and now is officially confirmed pen to paper. Magomed Ankalaev is officially stepping in to take on none other than the Polish powerhouse himself, Jan Blachowicz. Um, This is another one of those where we don't have confirmation because pen has not been put to paper yet but one of the leading indications as to why this particular fight has been made is because they are trying at least uh from confirmed close sources right now to make the main event for ufc 282 the rematch of yuri prohaska versus glover Teixeira, which would make a hundred percent sense to have the yan versus magomed fight on there as well um whether we actually see yuri versus glover rematch on that card or not i still think that if that's the route that they are going with confirmed yan versus Magomed is probably the next most feasible fight to add to see essentially who gets next crack really so that'll be an interesting addition to 282 and then see down the road if maybe we get that belt stuck on top of that card or not here um First card of 2023, taking place on January 14th, has had its first fight officially added to it here in the form of Ketlin Vieira taking on Rocky Raquel Pennington. That is a very interesting matchup. Top of the ladies' division getting a little shakeup as well here. See who's going to come out and be the next contender is there. I think that one makes a whole lot of fucking sense as well. Then we got a... I guess it would be a a four-set pair of announcements here. Um, UFC 283, taking place back in Brazil on January 21st, 2023, has a couple of interesting fights added to it here. Uh, the first one, Shogun Hua taking on Ehor Pateria. Pateria, I think is how they say it. I don't remember. Um, Interesting matchup, very much the UFC telling Shogun, look, shit or get off the pot at this point. Uh Shogun is another one of those legends who's been around forever, and they're not even really matching him up against guys from his era or his his uh, reputation status, I guess would be the right phrase anymore. They're literally giving him the newer guys in a shit or get off the pot kind of moment here. And honestly, I, I don't know. I it, It's been a rough going for Shogun for fucking sure um that very well could be his retire at home fight as well since they stuck that on the pay-per-view and it will be on the main card they said down in brazil so it's definitely gonna be interesting to keep an eye on that one um one of the bigger fights that got me super fucking excited that they added to that brazil card though coming out after that in the form of paul craig the bear jew himself stepping in to take on johnny walker at home in brazil That's going to be a fucking spectacular fight, and I can't wait to see that one play out as well. But then we got the piece de resistance, if you will. The confirmation pen has been set to paper. UFC 283, January 21st, Rio de Janeiro, Brazil, will be the location for Davison Figueiredo versus Brandon moreno we are officially running it back and doing it in Brazil. I'm not mad at a four-peat in that fight. That's one of the few no. fights I will say that I would not be mad at a four-peat in. Absolutely. I think the only the only part of that news coming out that bothered me even in the slightest was the other half of that announcement. Not only that we are getting the four-peat between Figgy Smalls and Brandon Moreno, But the part that bothered me was that when they announced that, they then turned around and confirmed that Alexandre Pantoja is officially the backup for Figgy Smalls versus Moreno and will be getting paid to weigh in and show up just in case something happens. I don't think in any fucking realistic world, Pantoja deserves to be the backup, let alone even realistically considered in the top five. But... UFC going to do what UFC gonna let alone think do. that he'll beat either one of them yeah I, I think either one of them would donkey stomp that motherfucker out of that arena with ease so yeah, why they decided to choose him for the backup I don't fucking know but you know UFC is doing all kinds of fucking strange things we also got the confirmation this week that Alexander Volkanovsky the current featherweight champion has officially been made the backup for next week's UFC 280, Charles Oliveira versus Islam Makachev, lightweight fight, will be getting paid and weighing in the whole kit and caboodle, which absolutely makes no fucking sense to me. So it seems to be right in the same fucking vein as why they announced Pantoja be the fucking backup here.
3: The only reason I'm thinking they're allowing that is because, to be honest, as much as I hate to say it, he has ran through that entire fucking division, and he's getting pretty close to twice over so, at this point, sure, go ahead, put him as the backup. I don't think it's actually going to happen, but, yeah. you know.
1: I, I have a feeling that that's kind of their uh, unofficial introduction, like, to show people that he would be able to show up and make weight at that weight, knowing that there is slim to no fucking chance that Islam versus Charlie Olives actually falls through, so.
3: Unless fucking Charles has another fucking weight miss,
1: that's the only way that that happens as long as they keep everybody away from the fucking scales pre weigh in i don't think we're going to have that issue again either <laughs> yeah. oh but moving on from there uh we got the official confirmation this week ufc 284 will officially be taking place february 11th towards, <clears throat> excuse me february 11th 2023 down in perth australia they are officially bringing the ufc back down under and i think it is just the right fucking time plenty of fucking aussie and new zealander ufc potential to get on that card and make all kinds of fun and i don't think there's ever been an event for the ufc in australia that wasn't fucking ecstatic so definitely fucking stoked to see that one go down curious to see how they build that card around it um we got word this week In other news, uh, Jose Aldo is officially looking for a professional boxing matchup, but also confirmed this week that that is essentially all he is going to be able to do because despite the previous statement, they also confirmed this week that the UFC did not in fact, release him from his contract and has no intention of doing so, so whether he wants to or not, there is no path forward for him to compete in MMA, at least for right now, which... I have to say, is extremely shitty. They gave him a horrible last fucking fight. They pretended they released him from his contract when he said he wanted to retire. And now that he's actually starting to look for other events to participate in, we get confirmation that, no, that was all bullshit. He's still very much on the UFC fucking contract list and can't do anything without Daddy Dana's blessing, which we know he's never going to fucking give. So... I hope Jose gets a fucking extremely lucrative fucking boxing contract and Dana goes and fucks himself. (sighs) Um, Speaking of Dana can go fuck himself. Yeah. Hi, that creepy dude from Instagram, Dana, go fuck yourself. Um, We got word this week confirmation of the speculation that got said creepy dude comment laid on me by Dana White himself Um, For the post that specifically was leading to the announcement that we actually got confirmed now. Um, It wasn't so much that Dana White rented the Apex out to Mark Zuckerberg for that Mackenzie Dern card. What it turned out was they were basically just finishing up some backroom contract signatures because they announced this week that the UFC has officially partnered with Meta to produce virtual reality broadcasts via fight pass and the first official one will be this weekend's lfa card that no one's really excited about and absolutely no one's looking forward to watching in vr so despite all of the bullshit all of the shit talking and trying to you know personally attack everyone who made a comment about it or or sniffed out the rumor early Dana White did, in fact, lie his ass off and they were, in fact, trying to put some business deals together with uh, Mark Zuckerberg and it looks like they did it to the wonderment of no one. The yeah, Zuck. To be honest, Zuck
3: wasn't there to watch fights. He wasn't there to hit pads in the fucking back. No. He was there for one reason, one reason only. That was their uh, best, their best shot at foreshadowing that they're going to try to put it into the meta and to be honest what asshole is going to sit here with a fucking vr headset like this to just look 180 degrees that's fucking stupid if that's the
1: case and you're going to pay for that i want one on top of the fucking ref's head that's and that's basically what pretty much all of the the ufc contracted fighters who have reacted to this announcement have said the only way that would make any kind of fucking rational realistic sense is if they were doing this specifically to put a 360 degree camera on the head mount of the referee so that you're not watching the fight from a virtual fucking seat in the audience you're watching it from the referee's point of view which the pfl does sometimes with that little fucking glasses cam that's one of the only good things the pfl has done if they were going to do something like that for the metaverse and then make it free, which they never fucking will, then I could kind of understand, but that's not at all what they're going to do. No. Okay. It's probably going to be fucking 60 rows back.
3: Yeah. And you'll look at the guy sitting next to it and the guy looking at
1: that fucking camera is wanting to punch it over. Right. Now, I will say, if, if they take these metaverse apex seatings and fill them with digital just bleed guys... I might be slightly more okay with but even then just just fucking slightly so it, like super fucking slightly yeah, just just the, the little bit more but you know even then we'll see so that being said uh, the last thing that I have got for news and recent events this week extremely fucking disappointing especially considering the last few fucking outings that resulted in this um, we have had official confirmation through the sources that do the updating on this that as of the last match and the completion of his contract Alexi Olenek the dad bought a constrictor himself is no longer on the UFC roster and is officially a free agent for somebody as accredited as he is and who literally had just made history in the 60th pro fight and the only fucking man in the UFC to have multiple Ezekiel chokes and multiple Von Flute chokes on his resume. First one to ever get an Ezekiel choke in the UFC to win a match. You would think they would at least want to, you know, give him some kind of a send off. Obviously not the Jose Aldo or fucking Frankie Egger level, but still the man has made several historical fucking entries into the world of mixed martial arts under the UFC banner proudly. You would think they would do him a little better than this, but you no, know, it, it seems UFC is going to do what the UFC is going to do.
3: You know, if he doesn't end up in
1: at least the fight wing, Hall of Fame for fucking the Ezekiel chokes.
3: Yeah, there's a problem.
1: Yeah, if UFC can't at least put him in there somehow for all of the shit that he has done under their banner and gotten them credit for, it it, it doesn't make fucking sense to me. So that being said, though, uh, that is all I have got this week for news and recent events. Do any you gentlemen have anything that I might have missed along the way there? I got
2: um, a, few no. little, a few little pieces. You got some old guys coming out of retirement. You got uh Chel Sonnen, apparently coming out of retirement to fight Tito Ortiz next year for the the freedom fight night. You know, they're gonna fight it, you know, light heavyweight, they're gonna fight at 205. So, I mean, the the opportunity of Chel Sonnen, I guess, getting his revenge. I mean, they're two really old dudes, but right. it's kind of funny. Then you know, we got Uriah Hall. Boxing Le'Veon Bell here in a few weeks, October 29th. You know, I'm looking forward to that. I'd like to see him. Not at first, I mean, I laughed at it. I thought it was a joke, but uh, I've always liked Uriah Hall, and I'd love to see Le'Veon Bell get knocked out. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, and then we had a uh, Frank Mir this week as well, talking about how he'd like to fight again next year, and that that interested me. So, I mean partially due to his daughter and everything like that. He'd like yeah, to he said of he wanted to open a card for his
1: daughter to finish. Yeah, I saw yeah. that. That I think that would be one of the only reasons I would be okay with Frank Mir coming out of retirement at this point so fucking far removed from everything you know relevant. If he's going to fight some fucking no-name dude literally to be the card-opening first prelim fight on a card where his daughter is the main event to headline, that that I would be okay with, I think. Still not okay with that. No, I'm out. <laughs> I'm out.
3: Fuck that. Go sit your fucking old ass on the sidelines. If you're going to be doing anything, it should be fucking cornering her. That is it. And that then still put on both of your fucking knee and ankle braces because God knows your beat up old ass can probably barely hobble down the fucking walkway. Yeah. And no disrespect, the dude's a fucking legend, but still. Legends are supposed to die eventually. That's how that works.
1: That's right. There's a reason they they have a phrase called passing the torch. Because at some point, you can't carry the flame anymore. You, I'll be surprised if Frank... You can't really carry can him fucking self. Yeah. <laughs> Look at him in those, those fucking few... Um,
3: if you call them boxing matches, they were fucking ugly. Like... Doesn't belong anywhere near combat sports except for coaching. That's it. Great coach. Absolutely terrible example of being in fucking disentuation right now. Absolutely.
1: You have anything else over there?
2: No. No, I'm good. I just wanted to give some love to the old guys there.
1: Gotcha. <laughs> Apparently, the kids' Wi-Fi is freaking out.
2: I think he's trying to be a chicken shit man. He, he he's scared. Yeah. So yeah, I know you're not gonna say it, but I'm gonna say it. I think he's scared. <laughs>
3: he can be scared all he wants. It's fine. I I've got shit I need to talk about anyway, so we're good. <laughs>
1: might be Sober October, but somebody still don't want to smoke is all I'm saying. So. <laughs> <laughs> that being said, though, uh, this will be the point where we send things over to our uh, compatriot down here for a little thing we like to call Capology with TJ. Take it away, sir.
3: No, I'm not going to lie. Having two weeks off really fucked me up. So if I go over one I've already went over, fuck it. Like I said, two weeks off is a long fucking time. Um, I'm going to go back past last week's uh fuckery of Dern versus Yen. We'll come back to that nonsense here in a moment, but I think I missed the last two previous to that too, because I was supposed to talk about those two previous
1: because we did have a
3: little bit. Yeah, of that's when you had to go. So.
1: Yeah, that's when you you had to go play uh Lyft driver for your mom.
3: That's right. So that goes all the way back to. UFC 279 was the one that I missed playing the fuckery. And then, of course, last week I would have covered the week after that. But, hey, you know, so we're going to go all the way back because, you know, I tripped over my dick the week prior to UFC 279. However, in our little group there, coming in strong and hot, top spot on 279. Crazy shit getting it done right at the fucking end, man. Calling that fucking Nate Diaz when fucking something that I stupidly shouldn't have done, even though he did get it. It lucked me out through it. Um, Boy, Luke coming in a hot second. Got an old meter here coming in a third. Then our trip over your dick award. That was Mr. Slowbake himself. Christian, what the fuck were you
1: thinking there, man?
2: Yeah, see, I remember you already went over this.
1: <laughs> I was gonna uh, say what, Wasn't that the roommate trip over your dick award Didn't they both like equally step Oh on that, that week, the, I the hey, like I
3: said
2: I've already owned up to that one <laughs> All yeah, right. I, well, li- I, I know I did A little bit better two weeks ago On that Dern and fucking John and I, I at least well, got half It must have start. been this
3: one the Sanhagen And song week that I fucking missed Last week that I was supposed to cover that's right yeah. So um Going back to that, which would have been UFC Fight Night, stand hanging Song Yidong, um, again coming in hot and heavy in top spot, your <laughs> boy right here, right behind me, not far behind. Tim actually managed to get his fucking votes in for that one, finally, very impressive. And we got Don, you Well, know, River Two are out there, coming slightly behind him, meter. Then again, we've got a fucking slow bake right behind him. Your brother was just behind you. And the trip over your dick award goes to the boy Luke. Coming in dead fucking last with 280 points for that fucking card. Absolutely shit. The only one who did not get picks in would have been Don's son. Which, he's been kind of hit or miss. I understand he's got family. and I think he was doing it more so to on, the old man, which I'm cool with. Um, Don, if you're listening to this, get on his ass, tell him to put his pics in so I don't have to call him out for not getting his pics in. <laughs> and that'll bring us up to last week's fucking nonsense going back here. uh, That was the darn fucking yawn, what I will call a straight fuckery of a n- n- night of lights. Finally, after after a week of uh, tripping over his dick, and then getting himself kind of back in it. I've um, got Christian coming in the top spot over there. Um, Myself coming into the two spot there. Um, Christian's brother right behind me in the three spot. And then in the four spot, coming in, tripping over his dick miserably would be the meter. Absolutely fucking screwed the pooch on that one. I hope you didn't make bets on that fucking card. Now, with that being said, there was a lot of fucking misses last week. Don was not there, did not get his picks in. Lucas, where the fuck are you? Don, where was your son? Tim, where the fuck is your shit? Why am I missing half of my fucking people on the card there? What the fuck, man? Get your shit together. Look, Christian's brother doesn't even get to be here with us anymore on Thursdays. Because he fucking works a different shift, still manages to get his picks in. What about you assholes? That's all I'm saying. Get it together, boys.
2: Even if it's a shitty fucking card, it's a fucking hangover, it's still, there's no excuse to not get the picks in. (laughs) You don't have to watch the fucking fights. Just, you know, make the
3: picks. Just have some fun. Like I said, the only fucking things (laughs) we cover on this show. As far as topology is just the UFC picks. I'm not asking you to go do Bellator or BKFC or whatever other fucker he's on there. That's up to you. Just get in your UFC picks so we can cover them here. That's all. Uh, come on. I even give you the week coming up. I tell you what the fucking odds are. So you know kind of an idea without doing any work at all. I'm giving you live odds as of Thursday. That's two days before the fucking fights happen. Don't get me wrong. The odds can always change a little bit, but we're we're right on there with fucking two days. And like I said, I'm not going to give you all of them because then that really ruins my fucking chances of where I make my fucking picks. Although there are some times I don't pick with that. I pick with my fucking, I like that guy more than that guy, so fuck that guy, but you know. <laughs> No, but we're in one of those kind of situations this week, because um, there are some fighters on this card that I could give two flying fucks about, but I'm going to give you the odds anyways. And we're going to start with the most lopsided of fucking odds on the Grasso Rujo fucking fight card here. And that is going to be the opening fight has the biggest odds gap on the entire fucking card. Right now, with Mike Jackson and Pete Rodriguez, we got uh Pete Rodriguez coming in at a heavy favorite, a minus 675 favorite over Mike Jackson at a plus 500 underdog, and well, we all know how we feel about Mike Jackson, so we're just going to move right on from there, because yeah. okay. uh, now, uh, the other ones that were notable to me that I thought were worth um, taking a look at here on the Prelims are some ones that you're probably not going to think of, um, and that going to be the next fight on there in the flyweight because you've got a relatively unknown in fucking Tatsuro Tyara. I'm probably martyring that Japanese dude's name so fucking miserably. And CJ, no, you're
2: no, you're pretty good, Tatsuro no, Tyra.
3: Tayara, yeah, hey, you got dude, it. English, terrible. That's <laughs> all. So, and then you got CJ across there from him. Um, this one is kind of close to being a coin flip, it's still got a Taturo a good bit ahead at minus 245, but then you've got almost equally on the backside a plus 205 for CJ over there. So, um, not not a bad, um, little bet there if you want to take Taturo. Look, I myself. Big fan of the fucking Asian fighters, man. Most of those have that never-say-die attitude. Like, you literally have to fucking kill them to get them out of there, so... um, It's always a great one. Now, here's another fun one, because um, right now, I am... I'm starting to think of this next fight, Nick Maximoff and Jacob Malkoom. I look at Nick Maximoff right now as... He is like the fucking. He's what happens when you want to print a color in picture, but you ran, ran out of color ink. He's like a black and white Nate Diaz who's fucking terrible. Yeah, yeah. But he talks like it. Yeah, yeah. That's the only thing he's got going for.
1: I like to think of Nick Maximoff like a 209 shaped wart that they lanced off Nate Diaz's ass. Yeah,
3: pretty much. Like, to be honest. I'm not a fan of him watching. Look, he was supposed to be the hot fucking ticket coming out of that fucking gym and being the next guy to carry on the Diaz army. He ain't carrying shit. He can't carry his own fucking weight. What's funny here is they're giving him way too much credit. And by way too much credit, they're calling this a fucking coin flip. They're giving him a minus 125 favorite over a plus 105 fucking Malcoon. I'm taking Jacob Malkuna out of Australia all day. Those fucking Aussies, man. They're a tough breed over there lately. So, yeah. I mean, look how much fucking goddamn shit Tai Tuivasa Vasa took before he finally went out in that fight. They're fucking tough. That's all I'm saying. And again, fuck Nick Maximoff at this point. I love Nick and Nate Diaz, but Maximoff is not it. There's something
1: about that dude that just I don't like, so. Well, that you thinking... we just look at their training partners, like Nick and Nate Diaz for Maximov versus Robert Fucking Whitaker for yeah. Jacob Malkoon. One I... of these things is not like the other. That's right. Somebody knows how to take a fucking punch. That's for sure. Yes, sir, <laughs> I would much rather train with Bobby Knuckles than the fucking Diaz boys. And I like the Diaz brothers, but if it's coming down to actual fight accountability, no, no, no. Let me let me work with the Aussie. <laughs> And that
3: brings me into the next one I want to talk about on the prelims. And this is going to be the last one because I don't give two fucks about the fucking premier prelim. But we're going to go Rafael Sanchez and Victor, what I'm going to call Henry, but not just Victor Henry. Victor Fabio Locks Henry. Look oh, at those yeah. big, long, curly fucking throwies got going on there. This tells you how far Sanchez has fucking fallen. Just by the fucking odds on this one. They have Victor Henry at a minus 390 favorite. A Sun Chow at a plus 320. There was a day when you could look at a Sun Chow and go, fuck, he's going to fuck some shit up. Stay out of his way. That day is not this day anymore. Uh, so if you're looking at making a good bet here, stick with Henry. Um, I don't think Sun Chao gets him out of it. He's long in the tooth. It's time for him to... Take them gloves off, hop onto his horse, and ride off into the sunset, and get the fuck out. Now,
2: oh, um, grandpa would say he's worst.
3: Yeah, he's more than fucking worst. <laughs> <laughs> he's like that. You know, what he's. La- I-, I will put it to this. I don't know if you guys have caught the news on this, but there was a hundred and forty-year-old pair of Levi's found in a fucking uh, mine out in, like, I think it was Arizona or something. He's like those. Yes, they're a great pair of jeans. They lasted that fucking long, but they're still that fucking old, and they're not gonna last much longer in a wearing type fucking situation. So get the fuck out. But don't pay him eighty seven thousand dollars for them. That's all I'm saying.
0: <laughs>
3: now, um one of the what I will call the most misplaced fights on the entire fucking card. The opening fight here on the main card of Misha Zirkinoff and Alonzo Medifield. And I'm not talking about Alonzo Menafield like that. I'm talking about Serkinov. That motherfucker. He, every, you know what's funny? Is, I'll, I'll say it. I'll tell everybody. For the longest time, just with Misha's name, I always thought fucking Russian. But he's fucking Canadian. Which is great. Say Misha Surkinov. You What comes to your mind if you don't know? Russian. The Russian blood's still in him. Don't get me wrong. But Menafield is a hit or miss, which is funny because they have him as a minus 205 favorite over Misha. And I think Misha um they've got these odds way fucked up. I'm gonna go and I'm gonna tell you the odds will probably change before Saturday. Hopefully they stay in Menafield's favorite and kind of lean towards him a little bit because this is a good underdog pick. Even though it's not really an underdog, it's pretty close to a coin flip. I'd still take Misha all fucking day on this. And that's no distress. Well, no, fuck Menafield. Moving on. So, um, coming into the middleweights. Jordan Wright, which I could give two fucks about. And Disco Todorovic, and I'm probably martyring that fucking Serbian's name as well, but that's all right. Another fucking pretty close to coin flip. It's a lot of fucking close to coin flips here. um We got a plus one seventy five in right, and disco minus two hundred five. Which, to be honest, I think is about right. I think they could give disco a touch more fucking credit, but hey, it is what it is. Take Todorovic all day fucking long. Wow. Here's where things get fucking interesting, and like I said, this shit is all fucked up. This is what I would have considered to be my fucking main event on this card, is the people's co-main event. Askar Askarov and Brandon Royval. If anybody remembers correctly here, a couple of years ago, Royval very well could have been that guy fighting for the title had he not popped his shoulder out of socket during the middle of the fight, which, not a lie. It turned out in our favor because we've gotten some fucking killer flyweight title fights out of it. And and I don't wish Roy Vowell any fucking ill will, but um, I don't think he stands a fucking chance against Saskar Asarov. That dude's been on an absolute fucking train of a tear. This could be his fight that gets him into that fucking title picture really fucking quick, depending on how this plays out. And the odds makers actually have it. Fairly close. They got Askarov at a minus two forty and Royval at a plus plus two hundred. Now, if you do want to bet the underdog, Vall is not a bad underdog to bet here at all. I'm not saying he doesn't have a dog in the fight, but I just don't think the teeth are big enough for Askarov. That's that's the key there. Oh uh, safe bets. Askrov. not a stupid bet though. Royval, I'll say not a bad bet. So there you go. Oh. Uh, What's going to be interesting is the co-main event here when you got um the bantamweights coming in, Cub Swanson and Jonathan Martinez. Cub Swanson moved a weight class. He is no longer in the same weight class he was. And what's really fucking weird about this,
1: did anybody notice he did not talk at all during any of the fucking media? Yep. He brought Dan Arguet out there to do all of his talking for him, which was weird as shit. <laughs>
3: I'm starting to think Cubs Swanson has been hanging out with Diego Sanchez a little bit there. Because when sh- weird shit like that starts happening, you have to start questioning somebody's sanity. Because to be honest, I've always had a fucking soft spot for fucking Cubs Swanson. They're, like, There's always been something that I liked about that, dude. And then this shit, I'm like, you know, I don't think the odds makers have changed this uh, the odds enough on this yet. Because um, they don't give um, Martinez enough fucking credit here. Um, they only have Martinez as a minus 205 favorite. And with that craziness that came out of Cub, uh, there's some some sort of fuckery afoot there. That's all I'm saying. And I'm not calling Jonathan Martinez a rule breaker by any means. Cubs Wanson's a crafty old veteran. Fuck yeah. But when you're acting that fucking crazy, something has got to be fucking off. So uh, safe money here is Martinez sure bet cub swanson just purely on the fucking crafty old veteran side of things but yeah Uh, i'm going martinez in this one just because of the weird fucking whole interview process Now, that's not to say i'm not going to be rooting for fucking cub because i would like to see him win again because like i said i like the guy even though it was a little off-putting not i swear to god if somebody else talks for him in a post fight though and he wins I'm fucking off the Cub Swanson train. Fucking done. (laughs) That fucker can stay at the goddamn station.
2: Well, one thing I've thought of ever since I saw that is that he might be having troubles with weight. You know, that's why he had him talk for him. Because if he's having a tough weight cut, might be having troubles with his speech and shit, just not trying to talk going into fight week and hoping he makes weight and everything. That's the biggest thing I'm going to look into because obviously we'll see tomorrow morning. Well, it's a big you weight know, cut. We'll, for we'll get weigh-ins it. tomorrow morning. If he winds up missing weight, or if he winds up weighing in and he looks really bad, you know, just I I hope it's not that, right? right? I hope it's just some other bullshit. Like he's trying to play some, but he he's been talked about the most. That's the biggest thing. It could just be that, you know, this isn't that great of a card. And, he's been in the news the most because of that weird fuckery with his interview. Yeah. And, some PR shit and try to get his butt. Cause it, that's his training partner, right? Or yeah. So maybe he just wanted to give him some shine too. I don't, you
3: know, no, I, I really think there's some other sort of fuckery afoot, but Hey man, that's, that's up to open discussion. Maybe we'll find <laughs> out after the fight is over. Uh, But then that brings us into what I will call the most lackluster main event that we've had probably all year long. I am not excited about this at all. I would much rather um, watch a dog um, lick another dog's asshole. That's how I feel about this, and I don't want to watch that either. Um, Alexa Grasso and Viviana Arugio. Arujo looks like what happens when you go to take steroids and pull the needle out before the steroid gets injected. Everything starts to sink in, but not quite fully there. Alexa Grasso acts like she's going to be a fucking mom sometime soon, but can't fight. No, I'm out. I'm out all the way fucking across the board. Don't don't get me wrong. The one good thing that this has going for it is it has soccer implications or football. Mexico versus Brazil. That's all you fucking need to know. And to be honest, they've got it out about a coin flip. And I'm okay with that. Let's watch two soup cans kick around and see which one gets a goal. And they did give Grosso a minus 225 because she's slightly ranked above Arujo, But neither one of them are going to hold a candle at the fucking current champ. So that's all I'm saying fuck the main event, give me fucking Askar Askarov and Brandon Neuval as the main event, or even weird fucking Cub Swanson and Jonathan Martinez over that shit. Yeah. And is it me, or is it really weird that it's such a small fucking main card with so many goddamn (laughs) prelims comparative? But hey. Uh,
1: I I think... I mean, I know the... uh... The D-Rod versus Neo Magni fight was supposed to be on the main card here as well. But I think that's the only fight that's fallen off this card, if I remember right. So yeah, and just, it's just, it's <clears throat> even then, it would still be stacked weird.
3: Yeah, I don't think they've adjusted them yet. I'm guessing we'll probably see it adjusted where they'll have a six fight main card and a fucking five fight um undercard. card. I hope they do, because to be honest, um, they could easily move the fucking... Uh, Rafael Sancho and Victor Henry fight to the main card and tell Nick Maximoff to stay on the fucking prelims where he belongs while Bo Nickel goes to the main card. That's all I'm saying. And then Maximoff can fucking retire. But yeah, there you go. There you have it. And then next week, we'll give you the our odds on uh, the upcoming pay-per-view, which, to be honest, I'm excited about, but pissed at the same time because I already know I'm going to miss watching it.
1: Yeah, no, it's it's going to be interesting for damn sure. So if you would like to get in on said action, uh, remember, we are officially not sponsored or endorsed in any way, shape, or form, but we do take advantage of the free service offered by Tapology.com to take our... Uh, fantasy mma picks if you will into account here so if you would like to get in on that action go over to tapology make yourself an account and look for the group i'm no bookie all one word or group nine six five the link is also down in the description as well join up get your picks in you can compete that being said uh, that'll bring us over to our other segment here we like to refer to as slows cans and contenders with our brother christian here get away sir
2: All right, so obviously we had a little break, you know, we've had some time off. So go back a few weeks here to the week nine of the Contender Series. Just recap: we had five contracts given in those last couple weeks of the Contender Series. Um, Like most of the season six, we had not all of them really earned. There was a few guys that looked decent. Bruno Ferreira, he had a really good finish in just a minute and a half he, he looks like he could be something to look forward to austin lane he was a guy from the nfl who wound up losing on the contender series back in season two to you know one of the bitch asses we don't like talking about on the podcast you know mr hardy uh, that's all i'll say about that but uh, i was happy to see austin lane come back you know keep fighting after a couple years of losing that fight, come back, have a really good showing on the contender series, and wind up getting a contract. And then in week nine, we had a, a topic of discussion that I, obviously I feel like you, you guys would like to touch on. Raw Rosas Jr., you know, getting getting the contract. The 17-years-old <clears throat> He showed that he has some decent ability with his ground game and jujitsu, and I mean, he is a young kid that fought a twenty-five-year-old guy or whatnot. But um, for him to get a full-on contract, it was definitely a huge surprise. I didn't think he was deserving of it, or needed, if anything, maybe a developmental contract, have him you know fight on some different promotions. Uh, like on fight pass or something like that. So there's a little bit of uh, extra eyes on him in the UFC sense, but, you know, you keep him, like, hooked to you, but not necessarily fighting on the UFC banner quite yet. you should have given him some time to grow. And uh, I just don't see this kid... um, really having a fantastic career. It could be like a Patty Pimblett situation. There's just a lot of hype because of his youth. And uh, he winds up getting his ass beat once he gets his first couple fights in the UFC. So the hype train might get stopped pretty early. Just like we think about Patty still. I like Patty Pimblett, but I still think, you know, if he fights a guy closer to the top 20 or something in the lightweight division, he's probably going to get, Beat beat pretty bad. I don't I don't think he's that good yet. So he doesn't he doesn't take things seriously enough. So, you
3: no, know, I think that young kid has no he has no fucking right to be there. Because to be honest, I don't think he's anywhere near as talented as Bone Nickel. And Bone Nickel has fucking had to fight twice on that in order to get his. Don't get me wrong, yeah, his record was better, but he also didn't look as polished. I'm just saying. That ankle pick out of bone Nickel showed why he belongs there. And, uh, be, that dude being so young, he looked fucking way too wild, and obviously he's been fighting a bunch of fucking off-the-couchers. I can't even call him Superman, because like, you see the quality of what he's fighting against. Of course he's able to fucking do wild shit.
1: Yeah, I think they I think they said on that broadcast the combined record of all the guys that he has fought in his quote unquote pro career is like four and 13 or something like that. So, yes, he has technically had pro fights, but are they really fucking pro fights considering as much trouble as he had in the ground game world, which is supposed to be his specialty against the dude who was a legit can that he was facing? I don't know, man. Kid's got a lot of fucking proving to win me over. That's for damn sure. And shit. to be
3: honest, Patty folds that kid fucking 100 times
1: out of 100, guaranteed. Fuck yeah. Folds that kid like a fucking taco and eats him for lunch.
3: <laughs> I can't believe you would disrespect Patty that much, because that kid is fucking terrible.
2: <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I, think they're, I think they're pretty No, I was just making that statement that I feel like, you know... This kid's gonna, you know, because of the hype behind him, similar to Bo, they're gonna give them guys that are a lot better than them, and they're just gonna get smashed, and it's gonna destroy their hype, it's similar to the Aaron Pico situation, you know, and it's it's okay for them to have a slow build for Patty Pimblet. Like they've been doing, and give him guys that just aren't that good, so that he can get wins. But if if it's if that's the situation for him, that's what I'm saying. The 17 year old, you didn't want to give him a developmental contract, so develop the kid, give him cans, and just build him up. He's he's only got six pro fights. He's six and zero, so just build that record up. Hopefully, he can you know actually add to the skills and shit so when he gets to a skilled opponent maybe he surprises us he just didn't look that special that was the other big thing he was able to survive through the fight he had one good moment where he almost locked up a decent you know leg lock but just wasn't that much of anything otherwise He was able to control a grappling match with a 25 year old dude. Right. You know, maybe someday something else will come out. We haven't been able to prove ourselves, prove that the kid's a phony. Right. That's all else I'll say about that. (laughs) (laughs) We can't break the sniff test has not officially been passed yet. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, the, the
1: sniff test has not officially been passed by that kid yet for damn sure, yeah. but uh, there are folks looking into it. Don't you fucking worry, Raul. <laughs> uh, we'll
2: move on to that last week of the contender series. Um, there are another five contracts given. There was another few guys that interest Jack Jennings, I mean, he, he had a dominant. Fucking, you know, performance. He was good with his wrestling. He was able to get the fight to the ground. He had really good ground and pound, cut the guy. He was fighting up with his elbows and everything. Got the technical knockout finish. So, you know, we'll see how he does in the UFC. Sam Patterson, he also got a finish. Uh, it looked decent. He, he was rocky at the start and it was one of those comeback situations. Gets the finish in round two. Uh, we'll see how he does well. And then obviously, he got the man, Bo Nickel doing what he does, you know, just under a minute, 52 seconds, the fight starts, they do a little kind of dancing around for a second to see each other out, and Bo just, you know, throws a shot, catches the guy, he, he starts stepping back a little bit, and it, like, couldn't tell that it, it was even a punch that was thrown, it just looked to me like Bo went for a takedown, but I mean, it was like punched, a straight takedown, it was slick as fuck how he did it, instantaneous. They, they sprawl for a little second, and then he hooks up a triangle with no hands, right? Yep. Like Hooking a triangle and get the finishing under a minute with no fucking hands. Can't wait to see him in the UFC. The only thing that I've got to say uh, otherwise, you know, can't wait to hear what you guys have to say. Uh, I'm not too happy with who they matched him up against. I think they could have given him somebody a little bit better than Jamie Pickett, but I'm still excited to see him debut. I'm glad they're getting him in, you know, on a pay-per-view and uh, we get to see him again this year and make his yeah. debut this year by next year. He'll probably be fighting guys closer to the rankings. So
1: Yeah. And uh, I'll, I'll disagree with you on that one. Jamie Pickett to his credit, when he came into the UFC was a very highly touted prospect. And to be fair, If he could figure out how to get consistency under control, he would still be a pretty highly touted prospect. His problem is he can't decide whether he's hot or fucking cold one day to the next. That, I think, is actually a really good situation for Bo because he does have somewhat of a name behind him. He's been in some notable, decent matches, so he's not a complete unknown. And at the same time... He's still at a skill level enough to where Bo's going to be able to go in there, just donkey stomp the fuck out of him and come out looking like a hero for it. And That's
2: the only reason I think, you know, Jamie Pickett, he could have given him someone better, you know, closer to, I would say the top 30, top 25. just somebody a little better than Jamie Pickett in the middleweight rankings. I mean, because you've got uh, Trayshawn Gore, I think. Isn't he a little higher than Jamie Pickett? Well, I know he's booked, but I'm I'm talking about like rankings. If you were to pull up the rankings list of middleweights, wouldn't I can't even say give it higher. I'm just I'm asking that question: Is Jamie Pickett considered higher than Trey Sean in the rankings in your eyes, or Uh, not?
1: Yeah, Yeah. not by a lot, but yeah, still by a good
2: bit. That's just. that range feels too low for me because especially bo calling out hans out i just he's the one dude i feel like don't give him the top ranked guys yet but you could you could push him close
1: yeah i I wouldn't be mad if they give him a little more of the alex perea treatment like don't give him somebody in the top fucking five right out the gate but give him a fucking ranked guy and let him jump so I think Jamie Pickett might just be the springboard that they're going to use when he beats the shit out of Jamie Pickett. They're going to be like, well, fuck, now we got to give him a ranked opponent. And let's see what he can do. February 2023, send him down to Australia, let him beat the shit out of Jacob Malkoon, because, you know, that's going to come out here. So
3: <laughs> You know, and I have no fucking qualms about the Pickett fight off the get-go. He wanted something that was quick so he could fight again this year. Yep. You're not going to get a top 10 guy to go, yeah, two months? No. You're not going to get a fucking top 15 guy to go two months. Yeah, no, it's not going to happen. So where he's at, this is the best available for the time, which I'm perfectly all right with. Pickett is well enough known. We've seen what he's capable of when he's on. Even if he shows up on though, I highly doubt he's going to be able to match the energy of Bo Nickel. the, The only question I have is because nobody's done it yet. What's going to happen when Bo Nickel finally actually gets touched?
1: Right. Yeah, Pickett, like- that, that's one thing I will say. Pickett will be able to at least land one on him. I don't know if he's going to hurt him, but I, I bet Pickett can at least land a shot or two on him a lot easier, or I won't say a lot easier, more effectively, I think would be. I feel like if I was going to
2: put money on that fight, that's what I would put a little prop bet on whether Pickett even lands a strike on Bo at all.
3: If he he pulls a Comzat and does not get touched, they have to springboard him because they they realize what happened with Comzat is they slowed that train way too fucking much. Yeah, they should have let him keep going. They should have just let him fucking rocket himself up there. And I think they're realizing that now after the whole fuckery of missing weight and fucking shit up, they should have let him do it when he was on the rocket ship. Because now that, as much as I hate to say it, Hamzat, he, it's not that he's peaked, but his rocket ship is kind of stalled for the moment. They missed a golden fucking opportunity to get him up there. And if they're smart, they'll do the same thing with Bo Nickel. If Bo Nickel comes in there, stomps a mud hole in Pickett, it, walks it dry, and, God, it's probably going to be under a minute again just because, look, He's got hands. We've seen the fucking hands. Is that that wasn't a takedown? That was dude was stumbling. He ankle picked him. And it was fucking beautiful. <laughs> but then you've also seen his what was it, his first professional fight? Fucking knocks the guy up. The dude's got some hands. Now we'll see how good the hands are once he gets to the little higher level of where guys actually do have hands in this division. But for a guy coming in, but Technically, this would be his, what, fourth pro fight coming in fifth? I'm just yeah. saying. We'll, we'll to be able to tell a lot off of this picket fight on whether or not he needs to be blown the fuck up to the top or just kind of slowly worked up. Either way, I think he comes out with a W. I like the picket call. I don't think a top 15 guy or even or was the right choice for him to be his first fight. So yeah. I'm OK with it. Don't get me wrong. I want to see him rocket to the top just because he's got charisma and he's not an asshole about it. And we don't have any of those fucking, we haven't had anybody like that in a while. Just he tells it how he feels it, but he's not a dickhead about it. He's literally a guy you want to see succeed.
1: Yeah. I will say the only thing I've seen out of Bo Nickel at all. And I mean, at all so far that has made me even remotely just the tiniest bit question anything about him. Don't. was the video that we watched him reverse sear a steak on his Traeger and then burn the motherfucker in butter when he took it out of the fucking Traeger. You can hear yeah. the crunch when he cut the goddamn steak. <laughs> steak should never be that hard. No. I mean, dude. I That was the
3: first thing that came to mind. I'm like, I love it. You you reverse seared it. You smoked it first. Got yep. it to a nice internal Animal temp before you seared it. it, it, right. it. Yeah. Then you fucking seared it to burn. God damn it. No. I was like, yes, we want a little bit of Mylard reaction. Not fucking trying to make yeah. diamonds off of the
1: fucking crust
3: because it's yeah, all you're not charcoal. supposed to
1: create a fucking bread and crunch level coating on the outside of it. Calm down, Bo.
3: <laughs> yeah. That's the only that's the only questionable thing I've seen him do so far. <laughs>
2: <laughs> all right. So I mean to wrap up with the, the season six of the contender series. I mean, the, the top prospects that I'm looking forward to here in the UFC. We got Bo, obviously, and then Rosas. We'll see how he does, whatever and however he gets his debut. Uh, you got Joe Pyfer. I mean, he's already made his debut. If he keeps the knockout train rolling, I'm going to be interested in him. You know, and I, I like his story at least a little bit. The dude was pretty much homeless, and he, he you know, his contender series win. Gave him a f- fucking place to live, a little bit of money. He's got himself a job. So if he keeps winning, good on him. So looking forward to that. Now we got Chris Duncan. You know, he he won early on in the season. He was fighting Charlie Campbell. It looked like Campbell was going to get the win. Duncan he got that comeback, fucking knocked Campbell out. So when Chris Duncan gets his debut, that will be good to see. You got Billy Goff. Looking forward to his debut. It was another same situation, had a tough first round. comes back, it's the finish. It, I, any of those dudes, they show that heart, they show that toughness. Always looking forward to seeing them again. Um, you got Clayton Carpenter, young guy, looked really skilled. We'll, we'll look out for him. You got Mike Parkin, uh, heavyweight, uh, the, one of the better heavyweights that we saw. We, we had a few heavyweights get some contracts out of this season. Mike Parkin, you know, an English guy, trains with Paul Craig and Tom Aspinall. We'll, we'll see what he does in the heavyweight division once he gets in there. Cameron Saman, you said earlier in the news segment, he's already got his fight with Ronnie Lawrence set up later in the year. That kid, young, talented as well. And fighting Ronnie Lawrence, that's a good first fight, so. I'm excited for that one. We'll see where he fucking goes. He, I mean, even if he loses that fight, he goes out there and he's tough, you know, we'll, we'll see how he does in his career. You know, he, he won't get kicked out the UFC if he loses a tough fight to running once. So we'll, we'll see how that one goes. We got the, the Japanese kid, uh, Yusaku Kinoshita. Look forward to him getting his debut. I know he got banged up in his contender series fight. We probably won't see him this year, but next year or something like that, when he makes his debut, definitely a huge fucking Japanese prospect. Um, we got Sadrika Dumas. You know, he seems like he's kind of a cocky guy, but I kind of like him. He, he fucking had that standing choke finish. We'll see what he can do when he gets to the UFC. Uh, We've got uh, Gabriel and Ismail Bonfim, the Bonfim brothers. We'll see what uh, they can do. They keep adding these brother combinations. So we'll see what the Bonfim brothers can do when they get in. And then the last guy, in my opinion, Ikram Elixirav. It's kind of hard to pronounce his name a little bit, but. That may be the only thing that keeps him from getting some traction and some fan, but the kid looked really good on the Contender Series, so we'll look out for him as well. Uh, obviously, we got PFL and extra shit coming up down the road to fucking look into to keep the fucking series, you know, the series of cans and contenders going. I got a few fucking prospects we, we, me and Vincent got to see the FAC last weekend, a few prospects to look out for some amateurs right now, but some pros um, definitely, in my opinion, probably going to see him uh, up in Bellator UFC, something like that. Cause a lot of these guys train out in glory with James Krauss and, you know, all the pro guys out there, David Onama and shit like that. So these guys, they look fucking fantastic too. These guys I'm going to talk about, they got finishes. They look fucking amazing, and a lot of them have undefeated records. So you got Austin Spangler. He's six and zero now. He's an amateur. Probably going to see him make his pro debut soon. <clears throat> he didn't get a finish, but he definitely the guy he, he beat. He beat the fuck out of him. I mean, the guy was tough. He was able to stay in the fight, but it was one of those amateur fights. You know, Spangler definitely beat the guy down. Looks decent. We'll look forward to you know him getting into the pros. Possibly see him going down the road someday. Daniel Olajiga, he uh, is now two and one. Had his third pro fight. He another situation and he beat a guy down, and then that guy who wanted to be a sourpuss, and I think ruined his professional career. Dwayne Diggs, uh, towards the end of the fight. Uh, Ola Jigga was just tired you know he, he's a big fucking fit dude but he, he needs to work on the cardio a little bit he was tired by the third round after all the wrestling they'd been doing and uh the ref stood him up and Dwayne Diggs flips off the crowd you know the home Kansas City crowd and then pulls down his shorts you know moons or so fucking oh man loud ass boo the whole crowd was fucking going crazy He's 4-4 four four now, too. Dwayne Diggs probably ruined his professional career with that shit. But uh, Ole he, he's something to look forward to as well. And Sam Coronado, uh, a local guy who trains with uh, Kevin Kroom and shit. So he he's an amateur right now, I think. But we'll, he'll probably make his pro debut soon as well. Keep an eye on him just because of the guys he trains with, like Nick Kroom, or Kevin Kroom. Uh, we got Nick Meck. He's now four and zero, I think, or five and zero professional. I think he's five zero right Yep, uh, he had a crazy fucking Kimura finish in the first round. I mean that that was, was to awesome me, and <laughs> to me that was the best finish of the night. Um, you got to keep an eye on Nick Meck. I think he's definitely going to be in the UFC someday. I don't think he trains at Glory. He trains with a different team. He's got a different coach. But he, he's a dude to fucking keep an eye on for sure. Uh, I think a couple more fights you will probably be seeing him. Maybe even next year he might get the contender series call or something like that. I mean, this dude seriously fucking good, seriously talented. I mean, he was looking good on the feet, uh, and then and then it went to the fucking ground and just crazy ass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then we got uh, Alan Olivas. He's a guy that trains at, at Glory. Um, he looked fantastic as well. I think he's undefeated, and um, another first-round submission looked fucking fantastic, so we'll be looking out for him too. was able to meet a few of these guys as well, like Olivas and uh, Olajiga Spangler. was able to meet a few of the guys, you know, follow them up on Instagram. It was cool. You know, I got to see James Crust. Didn't get to talk to him or meet him. That was the only shit one, right, because he was busy the whole fucking night coaching all the guys, but getting to see a few of the guys come out afterwards because we were sitting up front right near the cage. And a lot of the guys after their fights, they'd come out, they're sitting there watching their teammates and shit. So it was was just a cool fucking experience getting to see live fights for the first time, getting to see all these fucking prospects. I would like to say that, you know, like Dakota Bush, like to throw him out there, but I mean, he needs to work on his shit still before he could say that he's, you know, good enough to get back to the UFC he just needs to strike more. He, he's fantastic with his wrestling and his grappling, but you don't need to wrestle fuck a dude for three rounds or five rounds. you got to be well-rounded. Marshall Kemp was the same way. He's a really young guy, and he looked really good with his grappling, but the same situation, Marshall Kemp's fight, he needed to work on his you know, striking and shit. The last guy i talk about is Zach Scrogan. Zach Scrogan had a pretty good finish. It, it, it was a weird technical knockout he had in the first round because he really got the technical knockout from fucking the dude up with uh, leg kicks. And Keith Dawson, I was looking forward to him. Like, he's another local guy. He's actually a really good, tough fighter, but he just wasn't wasn't expecting those fucking calf kicks. It fucked him up. And he got a technical knockout. He just kind of gave up, you know, a little bit. Scrogan was cracking him with the leg kicks, and then started punching it and he just kind of gave up. So, you know, we'll, we'll see what Strogan can do after the fact. He's 3-0 and oh now, so. We had a bunch of cool local guys. It was, it was a nice fucking time. we definitely going to keep an eye out for that, and just the local scene in general. I know we got the Shamrock event going on in November. We got Shamrock event in December, and then the week after the December Shamrock event, we're supposed to get another FAC event. Is that FAC when seventeen 17?
1: is? Yep. Nice. I hadn't heard the official date. I just knew that they were supposedly trying to book it after that Shamrock event. So Yeah, it's
2: December 9th. Nice. Nice. So, yeah. so I mean that's all I got for this week's Cans and Contenders, man. You know, I'll keep I'll keep on shit, whatever we can, whatever fucking, you know, promotions and Till we get next year's actual contender series, but don't think we'll change the name. I like the name. Uh, we'll, we'll get cans, and we'll get some contenders, even still, right. you know. <laughs>
1: Hell, yeah. Hell, yeah. Thank you very much, sir. Much appreciated. So that, boys and girls, will bring us to the point where, if you're watching the show live on YouTube.com slash I'm No Joe, you will know by the glorious that comes rolling across the screen at this point that this is the time during the show where things stop being so light-hearted and get down to a little bit more of a competitive angle here this is the point in the show where if you pay attention every once in a while it just comes across and you have to moat excuse me you have to notice Wait a minute, where oh is my camera doing the thing again? Where and the kid left too? <laughs> and then hopefully we can get everything straightened out here. So give me just a second. Let me try and get this. I think I got it. It looks like the kid. I don't know. Hang on. This, <laughs> You know, brother, things not going your way when it comes down. Wait, what? 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 The kid ran off. Oh, let me tell you something, RJ. You don't know. I don't know. But we're going to find out what you're going to do, brother. One meter mania runs wild on you. If he ever comes back. <laughs> So normally this would be the point where we have a competition, but I don't know if the kid's coming back or not. I think so. October scared him off. He definitely don't want to smoke. <laughs> he bailed. Oh,
3: we've got a weight cutting issue again.
1: Commission didn't say nothing this week.
3: Somebody must have been touching them scales. <laughs>
1: I think we lost him I think he scarred yep
3: I think we did lose him <laughs> yep we lost him
1: Yeah, I think we lost him, unfortunately. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine,
3: ten. Disqualification. Disqualification. RJ is out. He's disqualified. Bring in the backup.
1: Kids these days. You give them books, you give them books, and all they do is chew on the covers.
2: I was excited, man. I was looking forward to being Bruce Buffer.
1: <laughs> Kids these days. Well, the back. We we're going to have thing. a competition here. Um,
3: guess I'll be taking over as fucking Bruce Buffer now. So... Christian, you're on the fucking backup roster. Get in, get ready. I will come up with a fucking. I will manage this here. So weight cutting issue. Um, Christian has seemed to have made weight for championship weight here. So me coming in and uh doing a little backup here. So being is um this is a short notice uh pit fight for um Christian. Christian, I'm going to view the option of going first or second.
2: I'll go second.
3: All right. In that case, let's start off how we always do. We're going to start with this. Which fight on this card is an absolute fucking disgrace? And Uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Uh Uh-oh.
4: If my my Wi-Fi wifi drops drops. out, one more fucking time, I'm going to lose my shit.
2: He's back!
4: I am going to lose my fucking shit in here.
2: I'm glad you're back, because now we can go back to the original, me being Bruce Buffer and TJ being tonight's judge. RJ can now get to beat them.
4: I swear to God. Cat5 Cable is your friend.
1: But my port is on the other side of my fucking house.
0: Run it through the house just like I did mine.
4: Through what? The fucking hardwood floor?
0: Goddamn <laughs> right. God damn
3: Motherfucker, friend. I wish. That's what it is. Obviously you don't know what fish tape is.
4: Dude, I... I I work two fucking jobs. I work fifteen hours a fucking day. I don't have time to rip up my fucking hardwood floor.
3: You don't have to rip up the floor. That's what fish tape is for.
4: (laughs) I don't have the time to do that.
1: (laughs) Okay, sure. We'll just leave it at that. Anyway, we gotta hurry. This fucking mustache is killing me.
2: Okay, so now I'll, I guess I'll be Bruce Buffer and I'll ask the questions and then T.J. will get us the judging going and decide who wins each round and choose tonight's winner, of course. All right, so for round one, let's start things off because I feel like the co-main event, it's a little lackluster. We were supposed to get Daniel Rodriguez versus Neil Magny. It got pushed back. Both guys had some injuries and whatnot. So now we get a co-main event this weekend, Cub Swanson versus Jonathan Martinez. So I'll ask you, gentlemen, break it down for us. What do you think we're going to see? We'll start it off with the co-main event question. What are we going to see with the co-main event, Cub Swanson versus Jonathan Martinez? And we'll start it off with meter since we were going to start it off with meter anyways, before RJ popped back in.
1: Let me tell you, brother, when I look at this matchup, I see Fabia's imprints all over it. And when everybody expects you to do what they expect you to do, I think Cub Swanson's going to do what Joshua Fabia tells him to do. And he's going to come out, and he's going to do a handstand and let Jonathan Martinez punch him in the face 7 to 13 times before... The crowd starts to rise up and show him the way to victory of Swanson. Round two, TKO. Like
2: it. So, RG.
4: So, kind of man, I am in. Grants, Cub Swanson. Um I think it's going to be a traditional Cub Swanson get of a mid to late round or late to mid uh first round knockout KO TKO victory. That's just his fucking MO. And especially against uh, a decision a decision monster like Martinez, he's not going to fucking stand a chance.
3: God damn! I didn't think judging this fight would be that fucking hard. That's a tough one, because to be honest, I think you're both fucking wrong. But, you know, I have to judge based on what you gave me here.
0: <laughs>
3: I think with the oddness that applies to Cub Swanson this week and that whole not wanting to talk thing. Maybe he does get the talking done with his fists.
4: I mean, he, he he's, he's, he's fighting somebody that quite literally has all of his W's on his last five fights all all, all by decision. You don't win titles with, deci- with decisions. You don't fucking make your bread and butter with decisions. Decisions will get you cut if you keep doing fucking bullshit.
3: Now, here's the kicker with this. He might do his talking with his fist, but because he didn't want to talk, in order to get those fists going, he's going to have to eat some punches. So I'm going to have to give round one to meter mania over there because um, I think he's going to have to take a couple before he can finish him later in the fight if he finishes him at all.
1: what you going to do RJ
2: <laughs> meter mania runs wild on
1: you brother
2: alright so with meter taking round one let's move on to round two So for round two, we like to call it, you know, the what the fuck are we watching fight, you know, the like the overhyped fight, if you will, the fight that nobody really should be watching, whether you've got all the time in the fucking world, you love MMA, you're a diehard fan. What's the fight on this card that you would just scrap if you were the, the guy making the fights, if you were a matchmaker? what's the what the fuck on this weekend's card it'll we'll start with RJ this time obviously because we started on leader in the first round
4: so to be quite frank I'm not going to pick a single card I'm going to pick the entire main the entire main card you you that's it, that is literal just full of horseshit. you have somebody who hasn't won a fight in three years versus somebody that eh and then you have two shitter get off the pot moments you have a fucking person that's a decision that's a four-time de- decision victory but he's number four in the division you have what we just talked about and then you have uh the main card which is who gives a fuck the entire main card, it's all overhyped. It's all horse shit.
2: All right, then moving on to Meter Mania. What's our over-fucking-hyped fighter? what-the-fuck fight for this weekend, brother?
1: Well, brother, you know, when you look up the Hall of Greatness, two names you will not see Brandon Davis Mana Martinez there's a reason for that because they don't know how to grasp destiny and pull it back from the jaws of defeat so what you gotta do brother when that free beer prelim comes on your TV you go get a beer
3: This one's a lot easier for me to pick. (laughs) Apparently, uh, Meter Mania was not here when I purposely skipped that fight. So that's some pretty low-hanging fruit. Uh, (laughs) The points go to RJ. Scrapped the whole top card over the fucking uh, Martinez. Meter Mania's taking the fucking L on this round.
2: All right, so now we're an even one-one. Let's move on to round three. So, we'll flip the coin from that last question: What is the underhyped fight of this card? The, as the brother Meter Mania would like to say, Hey, Ma, get in here, you know? Any friend, any family member that doesn't normally watch fights, what would you invite them to? Want them to sit down, even if this is somewhat of a hangover before the pay per view, right? We've had off weeks for the past month. It's been back and forth. Fight, off week, fight, off week. And now we're back, and it's just not a good card. But what would you suggest? It'll start it back off with the brother, Meager Mania.
1: Well, brother, on this non glorious card, there's one thing it is plentiful of, love, and that is estrogen. So if we're looking for the one everybody brought in, you got to look for the ladies. And I'm not talking about no main event bullshit. We're talking about the early ladies. Talking about Piero Rodriguez versus Sam Hughes. Because when that lady gets in there and gets it going, whoo. Sam Hughes.
2: <laughs> All right, brother RJ, what's our most underhyped fight for this weekend's card?
4: Being quite frank, um right. this entire card's pretty shitty. The one that I am personally like I there's no press and it's kind of deserved there's no press because I mean, it's fucking, fucking Brito versus a debut fighter. That's the only thing that fucking gets my dick even to wiggle. <laughs> Everything else, it's all fucking shit. This is a hangover, hangovers if a hangover existed. We didn't even have, we didn't even have shit the the, the last fucking few weeks. Everything else on, on this card is just literal utter dog shit.
3: Oh, those were not fights I was thinking of. I like because his heads are. I, I did,
4: I did look into it last night. Alexander, I watched some of his, uh, his tape. He, he looks, he looks decent. He does need to work on ground game a little bit, but he does have two, have two wins via submission. They weren't the best looking submissions, but he still got the W on uh, tap so a w' is a w but I mean he does have some potential being a debut fight and then uh joe anderson brito uh he's not a half fucking bad for where he is in the stack of that of, of that division but i mean they're they're not they're not the uh uh household names of the uFC so nobody knows who the fuck they are.
0: <laughs> yeah, Sam Hughes and Pierre Rodriguez.
3: You know. Thing is, this is a fucking pretty shit card. I'm gonna go with the shittier of my options here. And to be honest. I'm skipping the estrogen-based fight, so Metermania gets it for choosing the worst of the better choices.
1: Who got that point? <laughs> Who got that point? <laughs> <laughs>
2: All right, so after that third round, the brother meter's pulling ahead again. So let's pull off into the fourth round here. Talk about the main event of the evening. So we'll start with the brother meter, right? Yeah, we're back to you. We're, no, no, yeah, R.J. Yeah, that's what that's what me smoking weed does. And yeah, forgetting the order. Okay, so start with RJ. What are we going to see? Break it down for us. Tell us what's going to happen. Alexa Grasso versus Vivian Arujo. What happens in the main event this weekend?
4: I honestly as horrible as this is going to sound, I think this is going to be one of those drag out fucking decisions and I honestly think Grasso gets uh decision victory because she's a bit more of a point fighter um they are relatively same level standing and on the ground uh so it's going to be one of those stalemate i'm going to wait for you to do something no i'm going to wait for you to do something and i think it's just going to be dog shit
2: All right, Brother Meter, let us know. What are we going to see in the main event this weekend?
1: Let me tell you something, RJ. When it comes to these ladies, it ain't all as things appear to be. Because we all know that Viviani Arugio is confided with that dastardly, no-good Paul Heyman. So I'm calling for outside interference I think Viviani Arujo is going to cheat, cheat, cheat. I think while Alexa Grosso is in there doing her work, Arujo and Paul Hamer are going to throw ashes up in the ring and it's going to be a DQ. Uh,
0: fuck.
3: <laughs> Jesus, you know... I would have taken that a lot more seriously about the possibility of a DQ but um, neither one of them are really known to be eye pokers or fence grabbers so um, the points I have to automatically go to RJ on that
2: All right so now the moment We've all been waiting for. If anybody can count, if anybody can add up, we are now at an even two rounds to two. So we get a sudden death round. <clears throat> in the blue corner, we have the brother Meter Mania. And in the red corner, we have the brother RJ Vapes, who will take their ass to the final of the Grand Prix and face the brother the Clown Puncher. To see who becomes the fucking champion. Next week if I think. Yeah right. It's going to be a good fucking time. Alright. So here's the fucking question for you guys. As always we always ask a question. Doesn't have anything to do with this card. That we're about to see this weekend. So with some news that we've had. This past week. With news of Frank Mir. Saying that he would come back. To fight next year if he could get that chance his daughter his daughter Bellamir, is pretty damn good she looks like a good prospect probably will be in the UFC someday if she gets in the UFC sooner rather than later and we could see him on a card together we also have news this week as true as it may be or false as it may be the brother has Bula has apparently as well signed a deal with the UFC to actually get in the Octagon and fight. Whether this is a PR stunt or not, if it really happens and we get us some midget MMA, God save the Queen, like, thank Lord Jesus. I love it. I love every last bit of it. I love Hasboula. Would love to see him actually fight, even if, whether it's a real you know, I, I don't think they can do that. Like commission-wise, they they got to give him another midget, right? They Can't give him a full-size person. So this is the question. With that in the news, that Hasbulla has signed a deal with the UFC for a real fight. Frank Mir talking about coming back to fight himself. The question is for you gentlemen tonight in this round five to find out who takes all. What pair up would you rather see, Frank Mir and Bellamy are on a card together in the future? or Hasboula and Habib on a card together. Let's say Charles Oliveira beats Islam next weekend, and that's his call-out, and it actually pisses Habib off. And Hasbullah's coming out to fight. And for whatever fucking reason, he comes out of retirement. And we get that card. Hasbullah and Habib matchup. Which one would you be more interested in seeing, and why? The Bellomir, Frank Mir, or Hasbula and Habib. And we'll start this one off with the brother Me.
1: Well, let me tell you here, given the options, I think it comes down to who wants it the most. And in this situation, there is no doubt in my mind, Kabib comes out of retirement. Takes his tiny little brother and throws him straight through the heart of old Charlie Olives to bring him home.
2: That's exactly what I wanted to fucking hear. <laughs> Alright, so brother RJ, what do you got? What matchup would you rather see in the future of the UFC?
4: Out of these two, I'd much rather see the Voldemort brothers in the fucking UFC. You have somebody being fucking Habib. I mean, if he comes back to the UFC, it's not going to be surprising. He's just going to do fucking w- one fight and then okay, I'm 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 back out. But Frank Mir, dude, you got knocked out fucking standing up on your fucking feet for Triller the fuck you think you're going to do in the UFC against fucking young guns, fucking actually trying to actually trying to make a comeback. You tried to do that in Bellator hopped up on fucking steroids and you couldn't fucking do that either. Don't fucking come back to the UFC because we test here. Um, I think it's all stupid fucking publicity press for the amount of shit that Hezbollah has been doing with fucking massive celebs with Shaq and all of them. And Habib is always right there with them in the cameras, doing all the stuff with them. I think it's just dumbass press.
0: Man.
3: And I'm just saying. It's fucking uh, one of the greatest odd questions I've ever fucking heard. So Would I love to see midget on midget action? Yes. Do I like the idea of a father and daughter fighting on the same card? Yes. Not necessarily those ones. But I also don't want to see Habib come back. I don't care if it's on the same fight as um, Hezbollah and whatever that other little fucking goddamn yellow brick road dwarf that he was feuding with. To be honest, I think both of those are terrible fucking options, and I like that you made the, them choose between them. Now, with that being said, I want to lean into this one a little bit and say, you know what? I don't want to see either of them. Both of them can fuck off. However, the lack thereof making a actual pick of one of the two, I have to give it to meter mania because had rj made a fucking pick i think i might have gone rj's way but the lack of going a pick and saying fuck both of them there had to be a pick made and i'm not mad that you didn't but we gotta have a pick you gotta take a risk to get the rewards and well meter mania did take a bit of a risk there i'm just saying because (laughs) <laughs> even though saying he's gonna throw fucking hezbollah through the of old charlie olives definitely not gonna happen but you know at least there was a pick although i do like the pick of saying fuck both of them better to be quite honest but at least you made a pick on one of the choices
2: Oh, yeah, I fucking love that. That was the best goddamn part, the fucking throwing ass bullet through him. I
0: mean,
2: who wouldn't want to see that fight? I mean, I know he'll be he retired, but it, what, it's been a couple of years, right? And he yep. trains with all the guy he coaches his guys. Like, if he can make the weight back down to 155, and if Oliveira beats Islam really bad, like, embarrasses him, they're, and they're doing it in Abu Dhabi. That's close to their home. And, and then if he talks a bunch of shit, I know we won't understand it because he's speaking Brazilian, but then the translator will talk the shit. Then Habib would then understand. Hey, wait a second. He's talking shit. All, all he'd really have to do, right, is say chicken. Just call Habib a chicken. It's the biggest insult for Russians. You, you beat his brother in an embarrassing way and call him a chicken. Oh, he's a chicken. He won't fight me. I just, I, I just, I love that. I love that little question, and I'd love to see the, the Frank Mir and Bella Mir thing it, more. Like you said earlier in the, the pod, more in the coaching sense. I'd rather see him in her corner. I can't wait to see her get to that point because I think she will. She's a damn good fucking female prospect.
1: Yeah,
2: I agree. A fantastic, fantastic I agree. fucking pit.
1: So. With that being said, uh, I will say good match and uh, credit to my opponent, R.J., but when you come into the house with millions and millions of little meter maniacs, (laughs) don't walk away with the victory, mean R.J. That being said, uh, that's all we've got for this particular episode. First and foremost, thank you to everyone who tuned in, whether you were watching... (laughs) Whether you're watching this live or you're catching it on the all audio replay, you really need to go back and watch the video if you're catching this on the all audio replay uh it's worth it i promise you uh that being said we appreciate each and every one of you who do help out around here and if you would like to help out around here first and foremost make sure you are subscribed and your notifications are turned on whether you are watching this over on youtube or you're catching the all audio version a week after it airs over on anchor.fm slash i'm no joe but the best way to make sure that you are doing everything you can to help out around here patreon.com slash i'm no joe for as little as a dollar a month you get your name added to the end of the thank you list of everybody who makes this possible and you get access to unaired and literally unairable content brother and i'm telling you if you think bubba love sponge was hot you ain't seen nothing yet get that dollar in there and go check out that patreon that being said if you like what we get up to around here make sure your notifications are turned on on whatever platform you are listening to, excuse me whatever you are listening to or watching this on on the other side of that coin though If you don't like what we get up to around here, first and foremost, what the fuck are you still doing this deep into a podcast you don't enjoy? Give us a thumbs down and then go fuck yourself. We won't even dispute it. That being said, that's all we've got for tonight's episode. Make sure you tune in next week for the Pit Grand Prix finale where I crush the clown puncher. But that's all we've got for this particular episode. So remember, boys and girls, until next time, don't let ignorance stop you. You can root for anything unless it's winning against the meter mania oh yeah